Welcome to The Gods We Belong To, an urban fantasy noir podcast. The Gods We Belong To tells one continuous story in order, and it's important to start at the beginning. So, first timers, it's back to episode one for you. Now, my faithful friends, take a beat, take a breath, and let's check in with Alex. Chapter 12. Well, that was... I trail off, apparently far too frazzled to simultaneously operate Arissa's car, navigate the streets of Pasadena, and adequately describe the bloody shitstorm we just so narrowly escaped. Arissa says nothing. She just faces the window with a thousand-yard stare that would have made Kubrick shudder. They would have killed me, I say flatly. I'm pretty sure that's true, although who knows what Loki has in mind, especially when he's out of his mind. But I didn't have to... Arissa stammers, half to herself. I didn't have to be so... You did what you had to, I insist. Apart from that right hook to my jaw, that... that I could have done without. But still, I appreciate the save. I'm glad you're okay, really. But if you hadn't... I mean, I would've... But you didn't. You didn't, Arissa. Sure, maybe you went a bit hard there. A bit? Given who you are, what out of control would really look like for you? Yeah, I'm sticking with a bit. You could've torn Loki's puppets limb from limb, but... But nothing, Alex. If you hadn't stopped me, you can't imagine. It felt so... Must've been awful. I say, far too offhandedly. No. No? Awful I can process, she says, still focused on some distant point only she can see. It was exhilarating, Alex. I felt so strong. I bet Ares is just bursting with fucking pride. His little berserker, chip off the old block. I know more than a little about shame. That spiral Arissa's locked in? I've been there. Okay, maybe not exactly my own personal spirals were less, am I a raging force of death and destruction, and more, what did I take and who am I waking up with? And then there was that time with Loki. So I'm sympathetically spinning my wheels, trying to just keep enough of my mind on the road while the rest of it wanders, foraging for some way to help Arissa. But I'm coming up empty, feeling like I'm failing the closest thing I currently have to a friend. It's alright, I offer lamely. You're not a berserk. Alex, you fool. Of course. We're going back to my place, I insist. There's someone you need to talk to. Mars doesn't say a word, just nods, still a million miles away. 
I hop on the 110, that winding stretch of antique roadway that meanders south out of Pasadena to the ever-metastasizing sprawl of Los Angeles. Traffic's light this early, and it's not long before we're back at my temporary base of operations in the Hollywood Hills. First things first, I put on a pot of coffee, Arissa's still half in a trance, parked on the couch like a statue. I join her and pack a pipe brimful of Odin's special blend. I spark the woodsy-smelling herbs and draw deep, then pass to Arissa. She defers at first, but I place the still-smoldering pipe in her hand. Trust me, I say softly. I'm normally not one for peer pressure, but Arissa's pain runs deep and that requires treatment beyond kind words and a shoulder to cry on. This is Odin territory. Dark, primal, bloody stuff, and it's more than most can handle without a little help. Erissa inhales deeply. For a split second her eyes go wide and I can tell she's on the verge of a serious coughing fit, but then the smoke kicks in and all tension immediately vanishes from her face. Her eyelids drop to half-mast, and she exhales a dense plume that rises and curls back on itself like a tiny mushroom cloud. That's a start, I say. Feeling a little better? A little, she allows with a slight smile. Good. Now let's see about some company. I take another deep draw and let the smoke billow out of my mouth and nose. Odin. I say, almost to myself. Then I sit back and await good old great-granddad's inevitable dramatic entrance. After an uncomfortable amount of awaiting, I try again. Odin. Arissa watches with bleary anticipation and growing confusion. Odin, it's Alex. We need to talk. And then, after several more seconds of nothing, oh, for fuck's sake, hold your horses, Alex. The words come from across the room, half spoken and half squawked, followed by a rustling of feathers. He's on his way, just tying up a few loose ends. Thanks, Hugh. I mean, Munin. I say, determined to get it right this time. Nope, I'm Hugin. Of course you are. Alex, is that... Are you talking to a bird? Arissa asks me in a lazy, smoke-fueled drawl. Yeah. And, uh... Is the bird talking back? Yeah. Okay. Good, she nods. Because this shit is strong. Seriously, like, wow. And I thought maybe I was just, you know. You are not hallucinating, Arissa Mars. The deep, unmistakable voice of my employer and great-grandsire makes Arissa do a bleary-eyed double-take as he emerges from the shadows and takes a seat on the couch opposite her. Arissa, I say. Meet Odin. Um... Hi, she greets him. He smiles and takes her hand gently. It is good to meet you, Miss Mars. It seems you've had a rather eventful evening. 
you know already? She stammers. I've been keeping an eye on you both. And he's only got the one, I crack, unable to resist. One and many. Off in the corner, Hugen squawks by way of clarification. You carry more than a little of the storm within you, my dear, the gallows god says to Arissa, and I am somewhat of an expert. Arissa's eyes drift downwards at the reminder, like she can't stand to meet his gaze. You have no cause for shame with me, Arissa Mars, he says. You really, really don't, I chime in. This fury of yours. My father's, she insists. Not mine. This fury. I want it out. She spits the words like poison. This storm or fury. I don't give a fuck what you call it. I want it gone. Can you do that? Can you rip this fucking thing out of me? Oh, child. Odin puts a hand on her shaking shoulder, his lone eye filled with sadness. I'm afraid that is beyond me. But you're a god, Arissa almost pleads. So I'm told, he cracks a slight, weary smile. But this thing you want so desperately to be rid of, it is a part of you, down to the roots. It cannot be so simply disentangled and expelled. You mean you can't help me? She says, deflating. That is not at all what I mean, Miss Mars. She looks up at him, tears welling in her eyes. Is there some spell, a, a potion, a charm I could wear? No, he replies flatly. There is no quick fix, no magic word to make you other than you are. But you said... I said I could help, Miss Mars, and I can. But it will take sacrifice, and it will take time. Erissa crumples like all the air's been let out of her. I reflexively put a hand on her shoulder. It's okay, Arissa. You're not alone. Indeed, Odin chimes in. You are, after all, in a roundabout way, family. And it seems my own, more immediate family is at the center of your current... difficulties. I'm guessing you know who's behind all this, I query him. I do now, he confirms and only recently. I ask much of you, Alex, but had I known this mess involved Loki, I would have kept you clear of it. Thanks. I appreciate that. But I'm in it now. We're in it now. So what the fuck do we do next? I mean, Loki's out there, poaching eyeballs and dropping bodies all over LA, and we have zero clue how to find him. On the bright side... Odin interjects. My blood brother seems to be acting on impulse, which suggests he has no grand plan. With any luck, his mischief would be confined to a few rather unpleasant scenes, but I see no reason to suspect an existential threat. So that's a relief. Mischief? Arissa narrows her eyes. 
That single word hangs in the air, dripping with outrage and indignation. What the fuck is wrong with you? Odin tilts his head, looking none too pleased with her tone, and my first impulse is to leap to her defense. I, I think what Orissa means is... Bad call. I mean exactly what I fucking said, she insists, or are you just too damn stoned to comprehend that? Yikes. But, you know, fair. People are dying out there, she turns back to Odin. Horribly. And if you're anything like my lunatic family, and I think you are, Odin winces, then I'm guessing you don't lose sleep over a few dead humans. He almost objects, considers, then merely grimaces in passive acknowledgement. So let me appeal to your own self-interest, she says. The victims all have God's blood. What's to stop Loki from coming after me next, or your precious Alex? She nods towards me. Especially now that they've gotten reacquainted. Loki clearly has a hard-on for him. Hell, even with his compass needle spinning, Loki still, somehow, sniffed out his grandson. Odin raises an eyebrow. The visible one. Then you admit that you have a little skin in this game? She presses him. It seems I do. Good. Her face registers the victory, however small, and fading fury gives way to resolve. Now how about some help? I wish I could do more, Miss Mars. Arissa, she insists. Call me Arissa. You can do that for starters. Right now, I'd really rather forget the Mars part. Another thing you can do is explain the fucking eyes. Why eyes? It's a solid question, boss. Would go a long way towards helping us anticipate his next moves. Well, there are a myriad of reasons one might lose or take an eye, he replies. Alex, you know that as well as I do. Right, but you left Loki well and truly shattered. Hell, I'll never fucking forget it, but now... And he seems a little scrambled, but only a little like he's healing. So on the list of popular uses for eyeballs, approximately how many of those uses have the power to repair a ruined mind like Loki's? Only one, he sighs. It is likely that my blood brother is consuming the eyes he takes. Okay, yuck, Arissa says, taking stock. But at least we know more than we did. We know why. Does he know why? He who? Loki. The very first time, how did he know to eat eyes? I mean, if he was as far gone as it sounds like he was. Instinct, the gallows god says. He must have been drawn by the blood, the scent of divinity. And he must have craved the eyes, even if he himself did not know why. Sure, I add. I mean, who hasn't had that gotta-eat-some-eyes feeling from time to time? Erissa chuckles just a little, which makes me smile. A buzzing noise draws Erissa's attention. She fishes the phone out of her pocket, looks at the screen, then scowls. What's up, I query. Work? I wish. No, it's Athena. 
What does she want? Brunch. I shoot her a quizzical look. Apparently it's time for a family powwow, including the newly freed Apollo, she explains. They expect a thorough update on the case. Count me in. You seem awfully sunny about spending time with that jackass. Not at all, I clarify. I just really like brunch. This has been The Gods We Belong To, Book 2, Chapter 12. The Gods We Belong To is written, performed, edited, and produced by Dan Goldstein. Theme music is I'll Drive by Daniel Birch. Additional music, Roaming the Streets at Night, Attack of the Birds, and Then It Disappeared by Daniel Birch. Our spectacular episode art is by the talented and beautiful Jen Goldstein. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and help spread the word. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Post. Tweet. Vote. Five-star ratings are particularly helpful and appreciated. However you do it, thank you. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Gods We Belong To. Episodes and more at thegodswebelongto.net. Chapter 13 will be here in just a few weeks. So, until then, don't do anything Alex 